Hello, everyone, and welcome to the International Church Podcast. Today, we have a special topic that came out of one of our uh, home groups uh, at our church in, in Paris, and it was something that had been up for discussion, and we thought it'd be a good discussion on here. And that is uh, the subject of decision-making. How do Christians go about making big decisions? And so, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot to think through there. And even uh, as I formed these questions, it made me think about some things in ways and iron out some thoughts that I had never done before. Uh, so, again, with me, I have, I have KJ and Paul. And so, guys, what are your first instincts uh, when you approach big decisions? Uh, it, has that evolved over the years? Has your habits changed? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say as, as a Christian, I think your first instinct in a big decision is to look to God. I, that may feel like a new instinct to you, but I think you develop that pretty quickly, even as a new Christian. Uh, you know, kind of what Moses said, Lord, if, we, if you don't go before us, we don't want to go. I think we kind of um, uh, get that in our soul pretty quickly. Uh, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he's to ask God and God who gives generously, uh, without finding fault, he will, he will supply. I, I think it's right that our instinctual response to big decisions is to look to God. In doing that, uh, we are feeling the limits of our own wisdom where we're limiting. We know there's limits on what we can control and looking to God gives us this healthy sense of dependence upon him. I think those instincts have been with me just as long as I've been a Christian. Uh, but the way I act on those instincts has changed over time. When I was younger and more immature, I probably thought more like Gideon. You know, Gideon in the Old Testament, God calls him to do something big. He's got a big decision to make before him. Is he going to do it? And so he says, Lord, here's my fleece. And he puts this fleece out on the ground. Uh, let it be wet in the morning and everything else be dry. Uh, and that happens. Okay, I'm, I'm still feeling unsure, Lord. Here's my <laughs> second fleece to put out here. Uh, let all the ground be wet and it be dry. Uh, I, I don't think the Bible holds up Gideon as a model for mature Christian decision making. I think it's more, more like the opposite. It looks like Gideon is testing God instead of trusting God by saying, hey, here's my fleece. And I think as a younger Christian, I did that a lot more. Hey, orchestrate these circumstances in this particular way, Lord, so I know what decision to make here. If, if, if in all our big decisions, we pursue a Gideon-like course of testing God, needing God to meet some specific requirements we set before making a decision, I think then we're going to find ourselves continually feeling paralyzed and unsure about moving forward. Is, is this the sign I was looking for? Is, is this the level of emotional peace I wanted there to be? We, we can avoid a lot of those pitfalls and paralyzing moments when we think more maturely about decision-making as Christians. Yeah, even even the very clear answer to the sign can be doubted. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Lord, don't be angry with me, but I, I need there. another sign. <laughs> yeah. I need yeah. another sign. Yes. Right. right. Paul, you have some thoughts? Uh, yeah, I would definitely resonate with, uh, with what KJ said. You know, when I was a young Christian, um, there, you know, again, we are affirming there is a good thing at work and, and part of what it means to be a new creation 
right? To have God living in someone's heart, Jesus coming to dwell with them. There's an immediate transformation that we want every Christian to have of a heartfelt desire to honor God in every way and to have that relational nearness of knowing he is near, knowing that we're walking in step with his will for our life. And so, um, yeah, I experienced that. And it definitely, when I was younger, the kind of, the fact that I had not walked for long, and and even though I had good knowledge, good teaching, I I kind of very quickly as a young Christian got into theology um, and into, you know, a good church. There's still this, 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 this stability that you only really get over time mm-hmm. and over walking through disappointment, periods of maybe doubt, darkness. And I think that's when the, the, that sense of God's presence in our experience gets tested. And so what's the, what's the reaction? Is it, okay, I'm only relying on my feelings now, mm-hmm. so I have to recapture that sense that he is near? Or do we begin to learn to grow to, to put our roots down? and to really grow confident in his promises, in his revealed will. And so I had, I had a lot of back and forth where, you know, I think in many ways I was stable and growing, but then these, you know, situations, hard decisions come up, and you have the opportunity either to continue to put your roots deeper and walk forward in faith, or you kind of, you know, waffle a little bit and, and kind of, are, are getting uh, hit by the heat of the sun as your roots are kind of exposed on the ground and you're just debating where is God in all this. Uh, and so I just want to say uh, that that's changed just over time. And uh, I think, I think good theology scripture reading was, was at the foundation of it, but in a lot of ways it, it's just part of sanctification where our life experiences cause us to either go deeper with God and trusting who he is, what he, what he says um, or we kind of stall a little bit and God is kind. I think God is very kind in patiently working with us. So, you know, I think we're going to be uneasy when counseling someone, if they don't have that kind of tender moldable attitude toward the Lordship of Christ in their life and a hunger for his leading. But we're also gonna be a little bit worried when we see someone kind of emotionally unstable and, you know, kind of wavering and not moving forward in faith, and we're going to see that person, uh, and we're going to we're going to want to help them grow in confidence of, of God's will, right? Uh, and, and not to live in that self doubt and turmoil because it can it can really stall us out in many ways. Right. That, that's that's super important. Um, both of you guys mentioning kind of a a growth that happens. I, I love how Paul you put it in terms of that sanctification. You know, it, it should stand to reason that when you're babes in the faith and when you become a man, you put away childish things. And so just just like any other aspect of our faith, decision-making is something that we need to grow in. There mm-hmm. is a Christian way to do it. Uh, and, and, and so um, I personally, I can really resonate with both of what you're saying. It, um, the, the example of Gideon uh, is also very characteristic of my babe in the faith days. Uh, you know, I, I can remember one time I was thinking I was, I was lying in bed at night as a teenager thinking through, um, some decision I had to make. I don't remember what the decision was, but, um, there was this dog outside that was just 
barking nonstop that was just really annoying. And I said, God, if it's your will, make that dog stop barking. And, uh, and, and, um, and the dog stopped barking, believe it or not. Uh, and even after the dog stopped barking, I still doubted it. Uh, and it's because that's, it's not an effective way to make decisions. Um, it's, 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 um, yes, we can receive signs and wonders and yes, God is there. And sometimes he does speak through, um, speak through the storm and through, through the, through those things. Uh, but most of the time in the scripture, what we actually see, uh, is, is commands about wisdom and discernment rather than th- about God giving you an answer. Um, and, and so one of the things that really helped me evolve out of this, putting God to the test, which I agree, KJ, that that's not an, Gideon is not a good example of, of decision-making in the Bible. Um, but what, one of the verses I, I when I, at one point in college, I was, um, memorizing some verses in Philippians and it was, uh, Philippians one, nine and 10. Um, and this is my prayer. He's praying for the Philippians. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and discernment. Uh, his prayer was not that he give that God give them all the answers. <laughs> the prayer was that they learn how to be discerning that, that in their love, it, they're going to know how to apply that love in a correct way. Uh, and so rather than looking for this kind of mystical God, make the dog, dog start barking kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, answer. Um, I, I began to, which, which at the end of the day really turned into kind of uncritical feelings um, and, and, and not, not really looking to actually what is my heart following Jesus or not. Um, and, and so that process of learning discernment, of learning, reading the Proverbs, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, rather than like, I'm going to open my Bible and put my finger down and that's what God wants me to do. Um, you know, really just trying to take the, the scriptures and let my mind be transformed into a mind that can make decisions correctly. Uh, and I, I, I think that's, a, I see that in the scripture more, um, more than others, especially when we're talking about finding God's will. And that, I want to talk about that phrase in particular, finding God's will. You hear Christians talking about that a lot. What is God's will for my life? And, and especially when we're approaching big decisions, uh, it's a phrase we use. Um, so I think it's fair to say as Christians, we obviously want to be doing what God wants us to do. You know, as a, a, a good soldier wants to please his commanding officer, as we read in second Timothy. Um, so uh, given that we want to do God's will, what are appropriate ways we can include discerning God's will when we're approaching a crossroads? Uh, what are some common pitfalls when, when thinking through this? The first thing I think, Parker, is that we need to understand how the Bible talks about God's will. The Bible mostly talks about God's will in one of two ways. Uh, First, the Bible talks about, most often, God's declared will. God's declared will. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for Mm -hmm. you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5. Anywhere and everywhere in the Bible, God is telling us to do things or not to do something. Anywhere you see that, that is him declaring what his will for us is. So all the commands, all the imperatives in the Bible fall into this category, God's declared will. 
in addition to talking about God's declared will, the Bible also talks about God's decreed will. Decreed will. Isaiah 46, God says, I, I am God, there's no other. I'm God, there's no one like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. God's decreed will is his plan for what actually happens in history, what he actually accomplishes in history. God is planning something, um, uh, and his planning isn't like our planning. Uh, We say, let's go to this city and engage in business, and we'll make a profit. But we don't really know what tomorrow will bring, as Tony has taught us. uh, but James says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, there in the scripture, is talking about God's decreed will. We will go to that city, we will do business, and we will make a profit if and only if it is part of God's decreed will. Mm-hmm. So the Bible is full of talk about God's declared will and God's decreed will. But when people usually talk about God's will, they're mostly talking about something else. They're usually wanting to know what is God's directive will. They they want God to give them direction on whether to make this choice or that one, to take that job or this job, to make this move or to make that move, to marry that person or not. These things we think are the big decisions of our lives. Uh, these are the areas where we eagerly plead with God, please, please, what is your will? But here's, here's our comfort in it all. God has clearly made known his will in the everyday choices that make up 95% of our lives. He says, be anxious for nothing. Honor your parents. Let your speech always be of grace. Uh, love your wife as Christ loves the church. On the whole, God seems to care much more about the small daily decisions than about the occasional big decisions, quote unquote, big decisions that come into our lives. Because people can make the best possible big decisions in their lives, but if they're ignoring God's declared will in the Bible for their daily life, then they're not living out God's will for them. The big decisions don't matter if you neglect God's declared will for your everyday life. Right. It's far better to be a street sweeper who does his work to the glory of God, doing God's declared will, than to be the wisest financial investor in the world who always makes the best decisions, but who completely ignores God's declared will in Scripture for how he treats his wife, how he raises his kids, how he relates to others. So we, we can... Avoid being paralyzed by big decisions by realizing that God's declared will is much more important. And by resting in God's decreed will, whatever choices we make in that big decision, we are not strong enough to thwart God's plan. If if we make that move to London versus taking that job in Paris, it is not as though we've messed up God's plan for our life. The situation we actually find ourselves in is the situation God planned for us to be in. So more than trying to figure out in advance what God's decreed will is, it is vastly more important to be doing God's declared will in whatever situation 
we find ourselves in. Yeah, and I I see um, how big a deal that is in terms of the pragmatic making decisions aspects of things because what you see about God's will so much in the scripture is has to do with transforming us into people who are godly. Uh, and, and so from that standpoint, what matters actually the most is our heart and not the decision. Um, and, and so in, in fact, the decision is going to be just fine if your heart is fine. Like, you know, if, if your heart is believing in Jesus, if your heart is loving Jesus, um, then you're going to make a decision that honors Jesus. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times we, we, we try to, uh, we stress over the, the, fine, the fine points of things and, and don't, don't really concern ourselves enough, you know, with am I, am I loving Jesus in this moment? But these small decisions like you're talking about, KJ, um, go a long way to impact the state of your heart in, able to, in being able to make decisions that are according to God's will. That was Paul's prayer, going back to that Philippians passage. My prayer is that your love, there's a love there, that your love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight so that you will be able to discern God's will, right? What's, what's the most important thing? That their love abound with discernment, right? It's not the decision. It's not the, you know, stressing of trying to find some feeling or some sign. Focus on having a heart that loves Jesus and that seeks the proper wisdom in the way the Bible talks about seeking discernment. Uh, and then, then make a decision and be confident in, in God's decreed will uh, because, because God is good and he, he's doing good things. Um, Paul, do you, you have some, some thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah, I just, I think, you know, I think we have to affirm that there is a certain amount of, um, you know, this idea of things being black and white is, is kind of mocked in our day in some ways. <laughs> oh, gray is always better. And I think that in, in the faith perspective of living by faith, there are certain things that are black and white. And it's a way we can honor the Lord if we say, that's what God says. That's what's true. Um, you know, so it might be a question of, should I live with my girlfriend? Well, this is an easy black and white decision of what is God's will. And it's honoring to God for the person to have a conviction that is so razor sharp, clear on this. Right. No, never. He said, no, I trust him. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do, I do think that the wisdom is, is the broader context, what, kind of what you're saying, Parker. So I think of Romans 12 uh, and, you know, the passage that uh, talks about making decisions, knowing God's will that, through the renewing of our minds. But what is that grounded in? It's grounded in sacrificial worship. And so I think if we, if we don't lose that connection, we understand seeking God's will, it has everything to do with a life of worship. Right. And so we're connecting the dots of we're still seeking God wholeheartedly. There are certain issues, black and white, that we are just firm on, and we're going to avoid those, those pitfalls, those things God warned us against, that he said, just don't do it. Um, but then there, there's a bigger aspect of the fact that we're creatures made in God's image. We are not just decision makers, right? We are we're embodied souls. We are, we are uh, beings who have hearts and minds and emotions and wills, and every part of those 
God has a purpose to realign us with his purposes and his, his plans into the image of Christ, right? And that's a slow process. So I would just say, um, you know, we can grow in this place of being confident in what is revealed while growing in a humble attitude that creates kind of a flexibility to admit that, you know, many decisions are laid out in principle in scripture, but not necessarily a clear black and white precept. And so working out that principle in our lives, uh, which is sanctification, I think, uh, it requires an openness to change. And so we have to be people who are open to change. And at the core of our being, again, is this idea, my thoughts are not God's thoughts. (laughs) My ways are not his ways. But he is leading me. He's leading me on a path. Now that I'm a believer, he's going to finish the work he began uh, in me. So I want to jump on that path. So I want to rub shoulders with people who are more mature than I am. I want to uh, seek good counsel. I want to seek God's word and understand it better and better over time so that I can grow in knowledge and wisdom. And there are going to be times when you are faced with uh, choices that seem kind of neutral. You know, I could do this or do that. And either one of them would be honoring to the Lord. Both of them are based on godly principles, you know, uh, and I have the right heart. And so I think that inevitably, inevitably that's going to lead us back to a place of prayer and of well, yeah. releasing ourselves to, okay, Lord, I've prayed about this. I've gotten counsel and now I'm going to pray to you because I'm going to, I'm going to go forward with this. Stop me if I'm wrong, but Lord, I trust that you're with me because I've, I've, I've done all this and I'm, I'm trusting you as I make this decision in wisdom. Uh, it's bathed in wisdom. It's bathed in prayer. and so. Let me, yeah, so you mentioned prayer, and I'll, I'll just turn this right back to you, Paul, you know, and, and KJ, join in as well, that what prayer is such a huge part of this, this discussion in terms of decision-making. What, what is the role of prayer for you guys uh, in, in decision-making? Yeah, I would just say it's a, uh, when I was thinking about this, I think if we think of it as prayer being at the beginning and the middle and the end of our Christian lives, Uh, and of our days, really, Um, I think that helps because, again, we're not just decision makers, right? We are, we are people. We are humans. We are, we are made in God's image. Uh, And so God is concerned about sanctifying our entire person, heart, mind, soul, our will, our emotions. And so, you know, that constant uh, crying out to God, coming to him, uh, both asking him for things and also listening to him, meditating on truths in a prayerful attitude. Um, you know, as you're beginning to think about a decision and then you're going to start processing and you're going to go about your life and halfway through, as you're still debating this, you're going to need to come back to prayer. And it may not just be about that decision. It may just be prayer in general, uh, worshiping God, thanking him. And then as you come to clarity, uh, I think naturally the response is going to be uh, prayer again of, of assurance of, okay, Lord, I feel strongly about this. I'm going to marry this woman. Uh, but also thankfulness, like, thank you, God. Uh, thank you for being with me. Thank you for not leaving me or forsaking me. Thank you for giving me your word. Um, you know, th- there's, there's, this, there's this whole process bathed in prayer. And, and I don't see that as somehow preventing us from ever making wrong decisions. I just think that's, that's the way to honor God uh, is to 
not just try to make choices. And it's, it's really about living as a worshiper, living as someone who's engaged with God, engaged with his word and seeking to honor him in every way. You may still make a mistake, but at least your heart was in the right, kind of like you said earlier, at least your heart was in the right place. You, you were following God's will in the sense of being the person he wants you to be. AJ? Yeah. Um, how does prayer impact your decision-making? For me, this goes back to the instinct question you asked at first. I think instinctually, we know that we should be praying about our decisions as Christians, uh, both that we would make good decisions and that the outcome of those decisions would be good, which is often very much out of our control, very much in God's control. Uh, it's possible that we could be banging our head against a problem for hours. And if we had only stopped to pray about it, it's possible that God would have made the answer clear in a matter of five minutes. Mm -hmm. it, it can feel at times like we've got so many big decisions to make that we don't have time to pray. Yeah. But reality can be just the reverse. We've got so much on our plate that we, can, we can't afford not to pray. Because God can make clear in moments what might otherwise puzzle us for days on end. So, it's right that we pray as we make decisions. And in my experience, God responds to those prayers by bringing clarity when things are confused, by orchestrating circumstances where the right path isn't clear at first and now it's clear, uh, by changing my heart. Uh, or by affirming the desires that are already there, or, or just enabling me to trust him in whatever decision is made in the end. I'm going to trust God. I, I think these are the kind of things God does in Christians, and Christians should expect when we pray. We should expect those things, and not, not a voice inside us saying, this is it. This is the right choice to make. Do this, right? We, I think those are the kind of things we should expect, and not, and not the, the internal voice or emotions that are justifying us. Yeah, let, let me give an example kind of how that works for me. Um, let, let's take, for example, our church is really, um, we, like, we are about planting churches. Uh, you guys are pastoring our first church plant. And so um, that's one of the things that I pray about is trying to discern God's will uh, and God's leading in church planting. Uh, I don't feel like I have to pray and ask God if he wants churches to be planted. I think that's a decreed, decreed that's in, in scripture we see, yes, God wants churches to be planted. I don't have to ask him that. But the specifics of it and the way it's done it and specifically the way we are involved in it, those, those are things that I need to grow in discernment on. And so, for example, um, one of the things we do is feasibility studies. We actually have a podcast on how to do one, if you're interested. But we're, we're, it's, a, it's a study of a place and trying to discern whether we should plant a church there. And that's, that's often a very difficult decision because we have limited resources. Yes, God wants churches, but is it, is it better to put a church here or there? Or, you know, is, is this the right person to do it? And so oftentimes when, when I'm doing these kind of studies, I'm not just sort of looking for some... Um, sign out of the sky that God is going to say, hey, put a church in this place. What I'm going to do is I'm going to still be discerning. I'm going to still seek wisdom, but my prayers are going to be 
heavily intense, intensively on getting discernment in the process. So if I'm interviewing, uh, you know, a local pastor who's nearby, who's a French pastor, and I'm asking him about whether we should put an English church there. My prayer is going to be, God, help me to ask wise questions to him so I learn the information I need to know. Lord, help my heart to not be proud so that I want to move forward on something for personal glory or for, per, you know, any, any, any of those kind of sinful things that could and do get in my heart from time to time. Uh, God, lead us to the right people to ask. You know, there might be two people. Give us discernment. Um, if, if we decide yes, then we're looking for a church planter. And so we're, we're trying to be, assess wisely, is this the right person? Lord, help me to, to see whether this is a person who can do this or whether it, we should be investing this much money into this. There's so many decisions that require discernment. And I emphasize this. I can't emphasize it enough. My heart will not be ready to make those decisions if I haven't prayed, right? If, if, if I haven't gone before the Lord, I, there's going to be all kind of mess in my heart that's going to be making everything extremely cloudy. <laughs> and and so, so, so like what KJ is saying, like the, the, the clarity that comes through prayer, um, and it, it's not just a looking for an answer out of the sky. It's a cleaning out of a heart. <laughs> in some ways, so that we're ready to make discerning decisions that our love may abound in knowledge and discernment. That was Paul's prayer for the Philippians. That's often the prayer for myself uh, during, during these kind of things. So just to be clear, Parker, you're not praying for the clouds to part and that one shaft of light to highlight the place where the new church it needs to be planted. That's, that's not it, is it? I, I've never, I've never tried that. Uh, <laughs> though I would say, <laughs> I, I would say that that is an example of 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 a, you know, you're looking for God's will in, as infants. When you become a man, you put away childish things, uh, and and the the proverb teaches proverbs teach us to look for lady wisdom in these things, and 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 I think that that would be my 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 emphasis there is even regarding the way we approach prayer and decision making now and maybe that's the true maybe that's the true gideon lesson is that god uses even childish people to fulfill his will yeah yeah and he, he meets us where we are and i'm not saying that 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 god does not work in those ways what i'm saying is god teaches us to grow in a to, to in a more healthy way of making decisions and i Another question I want to ask you guys, because this is a question I get a lot, and I would love to hear your wisdom and how you would answer it. Um, because, you know, there are decisions. We do make bad decisions sometimes, right? Um, and so after a decision is made, do you ever look back and regret it or wonder if you made the right decision? If you made a mistake, how do you think about it in terms of God's will and, and that decision's relation to God's will? I'll say, Parker that I, I rarely look back and wonder if I've made right decision. But I often look back thinking, if I could do it over again, I would handle it differently, and I would, I would do something different. Um, and, and I recognize my failings and my sin in that. And I think that distinction is worth making, because what protects me from looking back wondering if I've made the right decision is a trust in God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. What 
was it the right decision to move my family to England in 2014 to help plant a church? Was it the right decision for us to move here to France to plant another church? Obviously, in God's decreed will, it was right in the sense that it came about. It's part yeah, of God's yeah. plan. <laughs> right. But looking back on those decisions now, are there things I would have done differently? Are there things I could have done better? Of course there are. But even so, I can rest in God's sovereignty that my failings and mishaps along the way are not great enough to mess up his plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to come at it from another angle, I think um, when I look back, you know, over time, you get more clarity sometimes if God is gracious, right? You get more clarity on your heart and you begin to see things, kind of you're mentioning Parker, you begin to see motivations that maybe at the time you didn't really realize were kind of driving you. So whether it be I did that thing for my own glory, I made that decision because I was afraid, you know, I was really not confident that God was going to take care of me. So I took control and I did this or that. And I think over time you get, begin to have a lot more balanced appraisal of, of certain things in your life. And I've certainly had those. So the, the regret, I think, and the kind of looking back and, and feeling like I made the wrong decision had more to do with kind of the state of my heart. So thinking, you know, that decision that I made to move to this place was based a lot out of fear, you know, or of wanting other people to think I was really cool. And the, the comfort is God's providence, right? The comfort is, like we're saying, God used, God used that. You made that move and we all thought you weren't cool. And made yeah, it. and it didn't impress anyone. It didn't impress anyone anyway, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, to me, that's, that's the, re- the regrets that, that I feel is uh, looking back and thinking, oh, my motivation was not 100% godly right there. Or there were mixed things that were making me step out, not in faith, fully in faith, but in, in fear and in other things. And, and I, think, I think it's important that we, we reckon with our past in that sense of acknowledging those things before the Lord, because A, we can ask for his uh, forgiveness, like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Like, I, I just, I don't want to be that kind of person who lives in fear. Uh, but also we can thank him because he's continued to use those things, as KJ said, his will was to use it for our good. He allowed us to not be 100% perfect in the moment with our motivations, and yet he still is sanctifying us. His will is our sanctification. And so I think of Proverbs 3 in that light. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your, pay, your path straight. Um, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So, you know, we have this confidence that there is a greater providence that is leading our lives and that God is doing that, He's committed to it. And we get to, along the way, recognize where we fall short and thank him for his grace and, you know, ask him to continue to transform our hearts and become the kind of people who aren't, you know, making these decisions in fear or in doubt, but in faith. And so, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of comfort in God's providence in that uh, confessing our sin in the midst of reflecting on our hearts in the past is very helpful. 
if you don't have God's providence, then you have to just continually live in this regret of, I wasn't a perfect Christian. I wasn't a perfect Christian. Ah, I did this or that. If we have God's providence, we have this comfort of, I can go to God, thank him because he used it and acknowledge where my heart was really not in the right place. And then you're, you're continuing to move forward. You're continuing to grow. Yeah. And I, I think there's also an aspect of it, of not knowing us having such limited reason. I, I, I think I'm thinking about the movie back to the future, right? Where, uh, you know, there, you don't know that you think, okay, I'm going to go back in time, but you change one little thing and all of a sudden people start disappearing. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, you know, because that person doesn't exist now because you made a different decision. And we, we can always go back and think, Oh, if I'd have made this decision or that decision. But the reality is that the decisions we have made in the past produced a ripple effect in our lives. That is much better, much bigger than anything we can reason through. And, and, and so we have to look back and yes, we, we, I think you're right in saying, you know, we can look back with certain regrets and say, you know, I, I, that was a bad decision. My heart was in a bad place when I said that, but you don't look back and regret what happened necessarily because God was in it. And, mm-hmm. and, and you see that God, yes, you may have had a bad heart, but God changed that heart through something. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, you look back at that moment and now can recognize you had a bad heart. That's evidence of grace in your life. That's evidence in God revealing his mercy to you. Um, and, and so I'd want to be very careful when we talk about regretting this decision or that decision. You know, you know, you hear questions like, you know, how do I know that I married the right person? Well, that's, that's not even a question worth asking. You know, you married the right person because you're married to them. Uh, you, you made a vow, you know, so, so I, I think we need to stop. Yeah, we, we can look back at our, our, our failures for sure and, uh, and have a certain level of regret, but I think bigger than the regret, we need to be, it, it ought to make us have a bigger confidence in God's grace uh, and seeing how he has been merciful to us in the past. Um, because the reality is, is that God's revealed will is that he turned you into a Christian. He, he turned you into someone who is like Jesus, right? And if that is happening, um, then, then, then that's evidence of grace. And, and, and we, we ought to look back and, and, and be thankful that God has been in our path the whole way. Um, so uh, just moving on to the last question we have here. Um, you, you guys are both pastors and, and, you know, you do counseling from time to time. Uh, if someone has a big decision to make, they come to you with, with some, maybe they're moving, uh, we get a lot of internationals here. Maybe it's about moving to a new country or changing jobs, or maybe it's a young adult wanting to know about the person that they want to marry or something like this. Uh, how do you counsel someone who has a, a big decision to make? I would just say, first of all, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person I love to listen and, and hear whatever people are going through. And it's a joy to get to encourage people. And so my answer it sounds a little harsh at first when I say this. I think I would want them ultimately, even though I'm willing to sit and listen for a while and, and whatever they want to talk about, but I would want to challenge them to do the hard work first before looking, kind of like we're saying, uh, do the hard work of digging through God's revealed will before you go looking for that sign, right? And I would say the same is true in this case. Before you go and look for a pastor or a spiritual leader to give you the bullet point plan, of how to do this or that, make this or that decision. Uh, I would want to challenge them, do the hard work of understanding. 
God's will. So look at his precepts. Look at the principles in Scripture related to that decision. So if it's about relationships, if it's about money, or if it's about career, vocation, whatever, um, you know, we can give them some direction on where to where to look first. But but do that hard work of you meditating on the truth and wrestling with God, and then come back with your heart, and your mind having been stretched a little bit and being a little more humbled and open to God's will. Um, and then we can really help you because you've begun the process of embracing that path of wisdom for yourself. You're not just looking for us to give you the quick answer. Uh, you're working on your relationship with God and your understanding of his will. So you know, we want people to learn for themselves. And I think a big part of this is that there's a greater testimony and joy that they're going to have later of being able to share that with other people of how they saw God's faithfulness in this or that process of decision-making or or wise planning. Um, And they're going to find someone younger, probably later on in their Christian walk that's going through something similar. And if they've done this hard work and didn't just look for a book to answer it or whatever, uh, but really did this hard work of worshipful uh, seeking of wisdom, they're going to be able to tell that person, I've been through this. Let me pray for you. Let me help you. You know, I can encourage you. I've seen God help uh, pull me through this. God gave me wisdom to make this decision. I can, I can encourage you in the same thing. And so we want, we want people to have that, that, that testimony that they can share with others. And so I just say to the person listening, you know, embrace that path, right? Embrace that path, which, which calls you forward in faith. And uh, pastors are going to be here to help you and encourage you and spur you on, but put your feet down on the ground and, and, and begin walking and moving forward. And uh, God's going to direct your steps. And there's right. a future path of testimony of his faithfulness. And, uh, you know, the other option is to live kind of in uh, a resistance to learning and growing, or even worse, kind of living in fear and faithlessness which, you know, will not result in a joyful testimony. I keep thinking of Jesus's parable of the, the uh, talents. And I wonder if this isn't, doesn't apply to the situation of the person who buried the talent, right? God had given them, uh, the master had given them this, this deposit, this talent to invest. And out of fear and faithlessness, they did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. So we want to say, take confidence in what God has deposited with you. You know, the Holy Spirit as your guarantee, or you have our Father's providential care, you have Jesus's presence in your life, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So yeah, embrace that path and, uh, and walk forward. He's going he's gonna to give you a great testimony that you can use to glorify him and help other people in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for me, when it comes to, to counseling, uh, and, and I guess it, it, someone coming to me asking for a decision, I'm I'm a big fan of the coaching model. And uh, if you follow the podcast, I've actually have a whole, a whole episode on, on coaching as sort of a leadership model. Um, one of the things I really like about it, especially when it comes to decision-making is that it's, um, it's, it's a method that equips people to make their own decisions, which, which I think is important in this. I, I don't want someone to say, Oh, pastor said to do this. Therefore they go and do it. You know, I, I want I want them to think through it themselves. And most of the time when people are making a big decision, what they actually need is somebody to help them look at the issue from different perspectives. Um, and, and, I, and I think that helping someone talk through, I, I know that for myself, 
I'm quite intentional about receiving coaching, especially when it comes to this church planting stuff, which I, which was all very new to me, but I, I seek out people who've been there before and ask them to coach me through it. And, and I find that um, I find a lot more clarity through them just asking me good questions and ask and forcing me to kind of analyze the situation. So, um, so for me, what I'm, yeah, I mean, we want them to be, to have prayerful hearts in it. We want their, their hearts to be um, loving the Lord and growing in knowledge and discernment. Um, but then my, I see my role in that in helping that process along is to ask questions that kind of keep them on that path. Uh, you know, what, what, where, where, uh, where is your heart in this? You know, how do you feel about this side of it? And, and trying to let them look at it from every angle so that they can better see where their heart is in the situation. And a lot of times, once they see that, the decision is a lot easier. Uh, so, so for me, it's the coaching model that, that's, that I really lean on. AJ, you got some thoughts on that? Yeah, Parker. I, I'd say first to, the, to someone that God has told you, he's told us that there is wisdom in an abundance of counselors. Right. So it's right for you to include wise people who know and love God, who know and love you in your decision-making. Uh, because others on the outside can often help us weigh the objective wisdom of a decision better than we can alone with our own limited perspective. Uh, I would also remind people that although this decision feels big, whether you move to Paris or move to London, we would say Paris is always a good idea, right? Yeah. Uh, this decision feels big. God still cares more about your everyday decisions, the everyday decisions you will make, uh, than whether you make those decisions in Paris or in London. God cares more about your doing his declared will in Scripture, and he cares about where you live and what job you take. But Because ultimately, you can't jump outside of God's will in those decisions. Not even Satan is strong enough to thwart God's plan and purpose in that way. Uh, it's, it's only when you understand this that Augustine's advice makes sense. You know this quote by uh, St. Augustine. In making decisions, Augustine said, love God and do as you please. Love God and do as you please. When we truly love God, and as a consequence, we truly love others, when all is done in love, and as a consequence, we're living out God's declared will, then do as you please. Start that business, make that career move, go to that school, or don't. It doesn't matter what decision you make if all you do flows from a white-hot love for God. Wow. In that case, whatever you do will be in the will of God as you do all things for his glory. Wow. That is a powerful quote. Uh, and it, I think it really gets to the heart of it, doesn't it? It really wraps a bow on the, on the whole discussion. Um, a lot of times when we frame God's will, there's a lot of anxiety over this decision or that decision. And it really takes a load off, doesn't it? When it just, you know, what is God's will? Look to Jesus, love Jesus, trust Jesus, uh, and, and don't be anxious about tomorrow. Um, and and I, think, I think those are, those are really powerful words. And I, I also appreciate the way you brought in uh, the abundance of counselors. I, I, I think, I think that is sometimes very much neglected when I think one of the things that we throw away the most, the, 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 the quickest 
when we have this sort of mystical, I'm looking for a sign, one of the things we throw away the most, uh, the, the, the first is, what does the local church think about this? God called me to preach. Well, do, does your local church agree? You know, God called me to do this. God, I have this kind of gift. Does, does the local church affirm those things? Uh, in the abundance of counselors, there is wisdom, right? And so the church is there to help you discern God's, God's will for your life. And so the more you're involved in the church, the more abundant counselors you will have that help you to help bring you back to love God and do as you please. And, and I think that's great. Uh, love God, do what you please. What a, what a great maxim for decision-making. Um, guys, uh, that, that's about it for today. Do y'all have any other, any last words? Said it all. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode. In closing, I encourage you all to love God and do as you please.